Jack Curry coming to you um, from Yes Network all over the uh, Juan Soto trade. Jack, great to have you on, man. Let's get right to it. Your thoughts on the deal getting done for the Yankees and what it's going to mean after you watch every single Yankee game all year and saw that offense last season. First of all, good to be with you guys. And Scott, I said this on our show Monday night. This was a move the Yankees had to make. Their mission in this offseason was to add left-handed hitting. And if the best left-handed hitter on the market or one of them, I mean, the best left, one of the best left-handed hitters in baseball is available, you had to figure out a way to make that happen. Cashman did a Zoom earlier today where I thought he revealed some interesting tidbits. The Yankees worked real hard to try and get Soto at the trade deadline last season. So when they entered the offseason this year, guys, they didn't start at zero in those trade talks. And I think that means a lot. They knew what Preller and the Padres would potentially be interested in. And I think that helped accelerate these talks. It stings to lose Michael King. And I have a ton of respect for Michael King. I actually think he has the second best stuff on the Yankees behind Garrett Cole. But you can't let Michael King be an obstacle to getting Juan Soto and pairing him up with Judge in that lineup. Hey, Jack. Uh, my question to you is, did Cashman give any inkling to, you know, signing other players? Or did he talk about, hey, this is the only thing we're doing? Or is he on the go right here? Is the next, next guy up maybe a Yamamoto or Frankie Montas or Jordan Hicks, just to name a couple of guys? It's interesting, Todd. So you're taught in journalism school, right? Never ask any yes, no questions. So someone on the Zoom said, will pitching be your next focus? And Cashman said, yes. So <laughs> pitching. And I'm not, I don't want to throw any shade at the person who asked that question. He, he later on did expand a little bit. And you're right, Todd. Yamamoto is in their sights now. And this is interesting because I think there's going to be a robust market for him. I think Yamamoto could turn into a little bit more of a sweepstakes. The Yankees are meeting with him on Monday, and I think you have to throw everything at him. You're, this is like recruiting that five-star quarterback to come to your college. Figure out whatever it is that makes him tick and convince him that being a Yankee is where he needs to be. I am sure that Hideki Matsui, the iconic Japanese player who had a great career with the Yankees, I'm sure he'll be part of that process. Okay, so if we're a little reactive here with Yankee Yankee fandom, you were just said Michael King had maybe the second best stuff in that rotation. Why the heck did Michael King only get nine starts towards the end of the season when things were kind of – is it a bad evaluation? Is it, is it a Jordan Montgomery type of situation where, oh, crap, we had him, we lost him, maybe we should have done this. You know what I'm saying? Like – you only liked Michael King until about halfway through the year. Before that, the Yankees had him as kind of that swingman piece. Coming off elbow surgery, Eric, they wanted to be careful with the amount of innings that they were going to use him. I think once they had built him up to the point that they were in the season, they liked where he was physically, and now you can stretch him out a little bit more. So I think the injury was what created that. I also think they liked King in that role. And I've asked Aaron Boone about this, and I've asked other managers about this. Sometimes that guy that you can use two to three times a week, sometimes he might have a little more value than the guy who is your fifth starter. I think of pitchers in Yankee history, Ramiro Mendoza, one of the most underrated players I've probably ever covered because of the sort of Swiss Army knife ability that he had as a pitcher. So I think had King been completely healthy, you would have seen him buy for more starts. And once a player gets traded, the team does rationalize it, Eric. And 
though I can say how great his stuff is, he's also 29 years old. He <laughs> has two years left remaining before he becomes a free agent. So it's not as if you were going to have Michael King for the next five years, which again is why I think you, you swallow hard on having to make him part of that deal, but you make him part of that deal. Mm-hmm. Jack, Aaron Judge is going to be 32 this season. How much center field do you think the Yankees are comfortable with to also weigh the fact that the most important thing is him playing as many games as possible? So, Scott, we talked about this on our shows the last couple of nights, and I know the Yankees' evaluation of their players, and they know their players so well. I don't know about the idea of Judge be in your everyday center fielder and maybe playing, I don't know, 100, 120 games. We don't know what Dominguez's situation is and when he'll come back from the Tommy John surgery. It's a draining position. Think about playing right field at Yankee Stadium. How often do you see Aaron Judge have to cover a ton of ground in right field? It's a, it's a compact area. His strides, I mean, four or five strides, he's back to the fence. Yeah, if he's running into the gaps, he might have to chase something down. So... They seem comfortable and convinced that it's a position. We, we know he can handle it. We've seen him handle it before. I just think when you're putting more mileage on your best player, and he's 6'7 and 282, I, I do think that that is something that you're going to have to watch very closely. Is there a number that you think he should play? Is there a number of games out there hoping Dominguez comes back, hoping Grisham can not hit 191? How about four times a week, couple in right field, and a DH spot, and and you and you keep your fingers. Let's see if I got to be on camera here. You keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> they do like they do like Christian American. I like you. I, I see the average. I see it's a two sixteen lifetime average. A little bit of pop, uh, plate discipline. But Cashman made a point of talking about him on the Zoom call and about his elite defensive abilities. But the thing is, are are you subbing out Aaron Judge or Juan <laughs> Soto late? Well, you're not subbing out Judge, but. Are you taking Juan Soto out in the eighth inning of a, a three to one game? No, there's, there's no way you're doing that. I mean, six to one, maybe, but it's going to be an interesting dynamic how that outfield situation plays out for them. And I do think that Dominguez coming back will make things a lot clearer because he could be your center fielder. 2014, we used to move Lorenzo Kane over to right field and bring in Gerard Dyson. You're talking about a gold glove center fielder, moved him to right field. Could the Yankees do that with Grisham? And, who was the right? Who was the right fielder? Who was the right fielder that you guys were taking out? Aki Nori. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Nori Aoki. All right, we're talking about Juan Soto, right? Or or, or maybe Verdugo. But that's Verdugo what I'm saying. Better, yeah, Verdugo is a better corner outfielder. He's a defensive player you'd want to keep in there. Correct. I think these these are great questions, and I think Aaron Boone and his staff are going to have to navigate that this year. I mean, you, you look at Garrett Cole, a guy who's going to have some balls hit in the air. You want Trent Grisham running down some of those baseballs in the outfield? You do. But mm -hmm. you also want Soto and Judge and even Verdugo getting as many at-bats as possible. So this is why I love the sport that we cover, <clears> by the way, guys. It's December 7th, and, and we're plotting out where that Yankee outfield is going to go. I, I've never covered football, but I don't know. In the offseason, are they, are they talking about uh, how many defensive backs are they going to use in this team? <laughs> if they are, but, but I'm a baseball no. guy, so I, I, I got the love for baseball. Now, I want, I want to go behind the plate here. So, Higashioka's gone. Good pickup by the Padres. Trevino, I, I just, we hung out the other day. He was a backup here. He looked great. 
Is he the starting catcher right now? I know you got Wells and Royvet back there as well. They have a, what three or four catchers on the forty-man roster. Is it Jose's to keep right now? Is to lose? Is that his spot? I, I, I think it is, Todd. You look at the twenty-two that he had. I mean, an All-Star season, and obviously beset by injuries last year. I actually think, and I don't know if you talked to him about this. I never got the chance to because this sort of happened later in the season. But, I mean, this guy was playing with an injury throughout the season and just sort of willed himself to keep playing. So I think if you're in Yankee land, you're saying to yourself, okay, Trevino comes back healthy, and you bring Wells along as the backup. Rortvet would go to AAA and be the guy who's sort of in waiting. But I think they expect a lot out of Trevino. I think they think that a, a repeat of 22 is possible. But I also liked what I saw out of Wells last year. What was interesting, and I, I don't know how much Eric saw of Wells last year. I would love his perspective, is the one thing we heard about Wells, and, and this is why the scouting reports, they are what they are, but you want to put your own eyes on a guy. His bat is great. The defense is lagging. And then when you got him at the major leagues and you watched him defensively, Eric, I, I thought he was – I thought he was solid. And even John Flaherty, a former major league catcher who I work in the studio with, said, loved the way he received the ball, uh, loved the way he got rid of the ball, loved the way that he handled everything. So if the defense is there and the offense was supposed to be ahead, maybe Wells vies for more playing time. I had said this earlier. So you don't catch him. I don't catch him. Who won the Cy Young Award winner? Yeah, well, and who caught him in September? Rortvet, yeah. So but you know, you know what's interesting about that? Rortvet did a really nice job, but and the Yankees even joked around about this, so I'm not trying to, to diss Rortvet in any way. You ever seen a pitcher kind of push a catcher around as much as Cole was pushing Rortvet around? There was, <laughs> was a lot of back and forth, and you'd see Cole shake four times and be like, Yeah, that that's it. So there was there was some sort of uh, tough love that I think Cole gave toward uh toward Rortvet. I think Cole, though, will be fine pitching to a Trevino or, or Wells. Maybe Rortvet proves me wrong. Maybe Rortvet has an unbelievable spring training, and Wells is the one who is in waiting. But I think they like, even though they've added Verdugo and added Soto, I think they like Wells hitting from that left side at Yankee Stadium, too. Jack, I have a follow-up for you from a fan watching right now. Matt Begley says, what's the backup plan for the Yanks, if not Yamamoto? Because clearly they're going to put some budget together for a starting pitcher. Does that include then going to options B and C? Todd mentioned this before, and I know this is not going to make fans do cartwheels and be overly excited, but I actually reported this in September. I think they're going to reunite with Frankie Montas. I think Montas on a one-year incentive-laden deal is actually a smart deal, whether you get Yamamoto, another front-line starter, or you don't. You need pitching depth, and you look at Montas. He was an injured player when the Yankees got him. Only ended up making a total of nine starts in his the Yankee portion of his career. I actually think that both sides kind of feel that there's unfinished business there, so I could see him being an option. I know Jordan Montgomery is someone that the Yankees had, someone they traded. He's a free agent. He's a lefty. There are still people in the organization who think very highly of him. I think he looms out there, but I really do think that the, the principal focus is Yamamoto, and they're going to push really hard to make that happen. What was your take on the signing for the Mets of Severino? I mean, what did you see from him last year? A lot of people were 
confused, you know, once he's back on the mound and the velocity was there, the pitches weren't as crisp. And, and did you think that he was a classic change of scenery case too, based on the injuries that were occurring for him? It, it was the lat, right? That kept being a problem. Yeah. I, I think he's, I, I think a one-year deal for Luis Severino is worth it for these reasons. And you just mentioned it, Scott, the velocity was there. He, he's a terrific athlete. He's a terrific competitor. But his pitch, his fastball, it was so straight last year, and he wasn't fooling anyone. And there was talk all season long about whether or not he was tipping his pitches. And you guys know this as well as anyone. Eric maybe more than anyone. And David Cohn said this to me. He said, it's bad when somebody told you you may be tipping your pitches. He said, it might be worse when you don't figure out what it is. Because then it's in your head all season long. And guys, I just watched Severino look like a guy who was in quicksand almost every start. If, if he got through the first inning, you almost felt that the Yankee dugout had this collective exhale. So all of these things that I'm saying lead you to believe, well, then why the heck would he resurrect himself with the Mets? And again, I think it's because it's the velocity. I think the competitiveness. And I think there still could be something in there. Like anybody else, though, you, you got to stay healthy. And that's, that's been a problem for Severino. All right, I have one more Soto question that we didn't get in when we were talking about Soto. This team had an OPS of 701 last year. With Soto, you're hoping it goes up. If the Yankees win the World Series, is this the second greatest trade of all time in Yankees history? <laughs> wow. Well, Alex, they acquired Alex Rodriguez. And he won a couple of MVPs in a World Series title. And there always seems to be a – everyone wants to focus on what Alex didn't do when he was in New York. But you look at some of Alex's uh, numbers in New York. So I'm going to say that you've got to rank that one up there. Uh, Cashman had an in-season acquisition of David Justice, who was terrific for the Yankees and helped them win a World Series. But sure, Eric, and you, you didn't give me any numbers. So let's say it. If Soto has 40 homers and has a 430 on base percentage and a 950 OPS and helps resurrect that offense and the Yankees win a World Series, yeah, this, this would be in the conversation as a great trade, one of the greatest trades. No one would be talking about Michael King. No one would be talking about Drew Thorpe. They would then be pounding on Cashman's door and saying, you better make sure that you bring Soto back. No numbers. That's why I didn't say numbers. <laughs> it's, all about, it's all about number 28. If he brings, if he helps, if he hits 270 and has 32 homers and drives in 86 runs and they, and they put number 28 up in the rafters, that has to be a successful trade. Oh, my gosh, yes. And that would mean he was a part of it. I think he will be a more significant part of it than the numbers that, that you mentioned. What I love about him, too, guys, is, man, he plays every day. I, I've had... I've spoken with Yankee officials. I've spoken with people from other teams. And I know that the sports science these days will say that, well, a guy who plays 145 games and gets some selective rest is going to be more productive over the course of a season than a guy who maybe plays 155 games. And I, I, I don't know. I, I just think if you're young and you're hungry and you're ready to play, I, I love that Soto is a guy who pretty much plays every day. All right, Jack, last question from me. We're talking about the pecking order here now. Soto with the Yankees. Uh, let's say Otani goes to the Blue Jays. Talk to me now. Where do you think the ranks are in the AL East? Let's, let's do it before, so, before uh, Otani signs. Where do you see the Yankees right now first? 
Well, I think with this acquisition and also Verdugo, I, I do think yes. the Yankees have, have put themselves in position now where I'm not going to say they're the best team in the division because they got, they got a lot of room to make up. I mean, they were 17 sure. games behind the Rays last year. But have you moved yourself from a low 80s win team to a 90, low 90s win team? And it's, Todd, it's not just Soto and Verdugo and Grisham. I also think it's a full year of judge. It's, it's their belief that uh, Rizzo is going to be healthy. Are they going to get anything from Stanton? So I would say they're a postseason team right now. I, I think they're a team that should make the playoffs. And as we've seen these days, get there. Just get there. The best teams last year in the regular season were, were watching at the end of the postseason. So figure out a way to align your roster that you can just get there. Kratzy just just said a comment on the computer that that I'm <laughs> I'm one of the biggest homers, and you're actually not a Yankee homer, which is great. Either way, <laughs> no, you're being, you're being honest. You're hey, being honest. Yeah, I love that. I, Jack, I, you go ahead. I worked for the New York Times for 22 years. The first day I covered a Major League Baseball game. The older writer said to me, you stop being a fan today. You know that, right? He said, you're objective now. You're telling the story of what happened. And when I got hired by Yes, John Filippelli, who Todd knows as well, Flip, our boss, said, I want you to do exactly what you did at the Times. If you wrote 900 words, take the best five, six, or seven points from that article and talk about it on the air. So I, I'm, going to, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I think if you're not that people will, will question you and wonder why they should watch you. And I'm also yeah. not afraid to say, I don't know. There's sometimes we just don't know the answer. So there's nothing wrong with admitting that you don't know it. Go try and find out what the answer is. Well, I, I appreciate you because my first year coming in, it's, it, I, I didn't know what to expect <laughs> out of myself. But, hey, listen. We're, hey, can I, can I out? We can keep I moving out forward. The studio, we're in the Bob Lorenz's office. He's got a fantastic oh. office, man. You're watching the game. Todd can't sit still. He, he, he eats dinner. He eats dinner in about 90 seconds. He inhales whatever the heck we're eating. And then Bob's got some baseball bats and some, some old gloves. Todd's throwing the ball into the – it's like he's still playing, man. He can't sit still. I can't. I, I, I don't know why I can. And you hear me yell. He's still got the jumpiness. And, I, and I, also – I can't stop moving here. Look, look at the studio he's in right now, Jack. Downstairs, he can full on play a damn game. Have you know hitting instructions with the kiddos? Like he can do it all down there. So I, I mean, he, he built a gymnasium basically. We had a two p.m. Uh, Soto trade hot stove show, and then we didn't have another one till ten thirty. So Bob Lorenz and I were hanging around, and we were actually talking about your Instagram, Todd. And I said, "Man, he's got these kids." And, and in New Jersey, what a gift, because I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah. And, man, when the, when the cold weather comes, baseball's gone. You're going to play basketball or something. He's got those kids in there every day. That's, that's awesome. And I, and I hope those kids and their families understand the value of that and just how, how much that means to those kids going forward. No doubt. No doubt. I appreciate that. And hopefully we'll keep working as uh, the years move forward here. It'll be fun. Thanks, Jack. We appreciate you coming on for this. Obviously, I know you had a busy 24 hours, and you can follow Jack at Jack Curry. Yes, um, see him on Yes. Read everything that he puts out there too. So, Jack, appreciate you. Thank you very much. Great to have you on here for the first time. Scott, Eric, Todd, great chatting with you guys. Hoping to do it again sometime. <laughs>